Johnson County Department of Corrections has an innovative way to help justice-involved individuals experiencing homelessness. On this episode, hear how residents are getting the help they need. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. The Johnson County Department of Corrections has a wide range of great programs to help people who come in contact with the criminal justice system. Its adult residential center specifically has a new program to help those dealing with housing insecurity. Here to talk more about that is Angela Paz, who oversees this program. Thanks for being here. I'm happy to be here today and talk about the Problem Solving Bed program. All right. Well, first off, can you just tell us a little bit about your role with the Department of Corrections? Certainly. Um, I am the deputy director at the Adult Residential Center. I've actually spent the past 24 years in this position, and um, I oversee a lot of the operations and case management pieces uh, for the individuals who are in our custody and control. Okay. And then also just tell us a little bit about this new program. It started in 2018 when we started to take a look at the populations we served at the Adult Residential Center. What we found out is because we were uh, community-based that uh, housing somebody here in an incarceration setting is obviously much more expensive than out in the community. And because we already have a lot of those services out in the community, we wanted to focus on uh, helping with more of an inmate population versus a probation population. And so we started to do a lot of uh, focus groups as we were looking into make that change. And in almost every single focus group, the topic of homelessness was brought up. And so we started to brainstorm about how can we help with the criminally justice involved individuals who find themselves to be homeless. And so we planned and talked and, and came up with what we call a problem solving bed. Um, it is designed for those individuals who find themselves homeless, whether it's for a day or longer, um, where we can offer them housing, um, a roof over their head, three meals a day. Um, we do have a medical department that can help with medications and mental health on staff, uh, transportation back and forth to work, and also a resource developer who's essential if they're unemployed because they can work with them and get them connected and employed. Um, we know that if anybody needs to uh, rent an apartment, um, they have to have employment that goes along with that. So that's an essential part of the program as well. We generally, uh, we want this to be a short term. This isn't, you know, hey, come and stay for six months. So we generally say uh, anywhere from a day to, to up to 60 days, really dependent upon what the individual needs. We've had people who've come in and say, hey, I have a paycheck coming on Wednesday and I just have no place to go until that comes in. And so we can help them in a short period of time. Or we have some that are, have been chronically homeless, don't have a job, and we know it's going to take them more that 60-day time period to, to, to be able to uh, find housing. And it may be transitional housing, not necessarily permanent housing, but at least puts them in a better spot than what they were before. 
That's great. And so can you talk a little bit about what a typical scenario might look for some look like for somebody who comes in contact with the criminal justice system and you discover that they have the, the housing need here. So can you walk us through what are the steps to get them uh, through this program? So I basically just need a referral form filled out from a case manager out in the community. Uh, generally, it's going to be a, a probation officer or a court services officers and uh, uh, they have the client fill out the application. They send it to me and I look it over and, and call them to really ask any additional questions that we need. Um, there are some things that, you know, we we can't handle um, if they have a, a if they have a medical condition um, that requires a lot of care and attention, um, if they're on certain medications, um, you know, we are a narcotic free campus, so we can't allow that to happen. And while they're here, um, if they have certain, you know, disabilities, we're going to do our best to assist, but sometimes we may not be able to. Um, so we really try to say yes to the majority of individuals who come in. Um, I know I've only had to decline a few. Um, and the most recent ones that I've had decline has really been because we're at capacity, not simply that we couldn't take them. It's just we've dedicated 24 beds to this and I filled all 24. And that was going to be my next question. How many people we have in the program? So also, can you talk about, you know, how long this program has been up and running? Are there plans to expand to, to meet that need? So this is fairly new. We actually launched it in December of last year. Um, we got one referral last year, um, but but I am happy to say that as of today, we've had 205 intakes. That doesn't count all the cases that uh, we did staff and, and did get referred, but we've actually admitted 205 individuals into the program. So there's a definite need, as you can just tell from the number of people that we have in the program. Um, again, kind of going back to our focus groups, when we Said when we started this, we're like, we'll we'll put aside 24 beds, we'll see if we can fill them and reevaluate. So we are at that year mark and we are really looking at numbers and services. And um, we know that the need is out there. So we can potentially, you know, bump that up uh, to help Johnson County's really, you know, vulnerable population. And so a lot of people might be wondering, you know, is there you know, obviously evidenced by the, the fact that you've reached capacity, but, um, you know, do a lot of people experience homelessness who come in contact with the, the criminal justice system? Yeah, there's a lot of homeless individuals out there. And that's one thing that we've discovered is um, once word gets out about a program like this, um, people tell people, and so I've gotten all kinds of calls from individuals from, um, agencies that I've never heard of, uh, just basically saying, hey, I'm, I, I have an individual who's homeless, can you assist? Um, so I've had to turn down a few people because they weren't criminally justice involved. Um, we don't want to bring somebody into a um, correctional facility who has had no criminal justice involvement. We just know that that's not a good situation. So we do have to decline those individuals. Um, but we've also gotten calls from uh, municipal courts and law enforcement agencies and uh, the sheriff's office. Um, you know, sometimes the sheriff's office, you know, when they're 
time is done, their time is done and they open the door and, and say, here you go. And we've gotten a couple of calls from them saying, hey, can you assist us? And uh, we, like I said, we try to do our best to, to say yes to most of these. Um, I've even had just individuals who've heard from other individuals saying, hey, I'm homeless, can, can you help me? Um, so it's, it's definitely showing that there is a, a need to assist those who find themselves homeless. And so what kinds of success stories are you seeing? Are people um, really taking advantage of the, the resources and the opportunities that are available through the program and getting back on their feet? Yeah, the majority of them are. There's always going to be a few who, who don't, but um, we've had individuals who, like I said, have stayed for a couple of days and they've talked about how, uh, how much that they received just being in here in that short period of time in the uh, kind of regarding the resources department, like, hey, I didn't know that this was available to me. Um, we've had individuals who've been here that 60 day time, time frame, and uh, they sometimes say, can I, can I stay longer? But again, trying to get in and help as many people as we can, we do try to have people in and out in that, that 60 day time frame. And so the adult residential center, this is different than like a, a facility that's securely locked down. Can you kind of describe what it looks like for, for people who aren't familiar? Yeah, we um, we call it a campus. It, it, it's definitely several different buildings that are spaced out. Um, it's harder to get into the facility. You do need a key to get in, uh, but you can walk out the front door. Um, so it is uh it's unique in that we're, you know, we're not a prison, we're not a jail, we're still incarceration, but it's more of an open complex. And how closely do you all work with, for example, the judges when they're doing their sentencing so that they, they can see this resource as, as an option? When we were um, holding our focus groups, uh, we were talking with the courts quite frequently because they sent us most of our clients beforehand. So we were um, educating them every step of the way as far as what the new programs we were bringing on and what they were going to look like. Um, so the courts, um, the public defender's office, our assistant district attorney's office, all have been kind of informed on uh, the changes that we've made and how it affects the clients that they work with as well. All right. And where do you see this program going from here? Or do you see you know, other cities kind of modeling or anything like that? You know, that I don't know the answer to. I can tell you I've had a, uh, we have had a couple of phone calls from other jurisdictions saying, what are you doing and how are you making that happen? And so there's definitely uh, interest and there's questions being asked. Um, I do hope that others would follow suit uh, simply because homelessness is a problem that not one person is going to be able to solve. It's going to take a, a community effort in order for that to be successful. And the Adult Residential Center, I know, does just a ton of amazing work um, with, you know, businesses and, and places in the community to try to help um, individuals you're serving get the resources they need to find employment and to have the skills, the qualifications to get good paying jobs. So can you talk a little bit about kind of how that's evolved over the years and, and how it's kind of working out? Well, what you're specifically talking about, I think, is our College of Trade program. Is that correct? Wonderful. 
Um, so our College of Trade program, although it, it wasn't, it didn't start off being the College of Trade, really started about 10 years ago. And it started off in our Strengthening Families program, uh, where we were meeting with community partners and talking about our clients and the difficulties that they were having finding good paying jobs. And um, what happened was we just happened to have the right people at the table at the right time. Um, we had uh, Lee Jost from InCircle who was there along with Dennis Wright, who was a welder, who basically said, I'm willing to volunteer my time to teach these individuals. And so we started with a welding program and uh, it was wildly successful. Um, we did a couple of different sessions um, and each session got a little bit better and more clients uh, definitely wanted to join. And so it has grown into what is now called the College of Trade. And this is a partnership between InCircle, a, a local nonprofit and Johnson County Community College. Um, and we do what we can to offer skills trade training to our clients at no cost to them so that they can get the job skills gain the job skills necessary to earn a wage that's livable, especially here in Johnson County. Um, so we have grown it from welding to welding and culinary and forklift and OSHA and construction. And we hope to continue to add um, trades as we feel the need or clients show interest in that. Um, it is something that we, always have clients who are interested and, and want to be involved in. So we also expect this to kind of continue and uh, hopefully we can increase not only the number of trades that we offer, but also the number of clients that we serve. And so can you talk a little more too about just the impact of having secure employment and how that um, positively impacts an individual's life in terms of that job security, financial security, and then self-esteem too, and maybe reducing recidivism. Yeah, with Department of Corrections, our focus is generally always on, on that reducing of the recidivism rate. And one thing that you can definitely see a direct link to is employment. Lack of employment usually means a higher recidivism rate. Uh, if they have good, stable employment where they're earning a, a, a livable wage, then they're not, they're going to be more successful than somebody who's not. And most all of our clients have a family um, that they need to support as well. And so if they can get a job, gain the skills that they need, earn that livable wage, it not only helps them in their recidivism rate, helps them be successful, but it also helps their family. Um, so it, it's also, as you mentioned, you know, just that self-esteem booster that, hey, I accomplished something. I graduated from this program. I got a job. I'm earning this wage. And, you know, generally when good things start to happen, good things continue to happen. So this is just the very beginning stages of how we can continue to um, make a change in the clients' lives that we serve. And that's a good point we didn't touch on yet. In addition to employment, the Department of Corrections also focuses on other life skills and, and helping individuals you know, rebuild those connections with friends, family, and, and things like that. So can you talk about that emphasis as well? 
Yeah, um, kind of going back to, you know, when we started with the welding program, we learned that sometimes just teaching the skill is not enough because they can um, get a job, but not necessarily keep the job. So if they lack those basic life skills or what we call essential skills, um, for example, if they get mad at their boss and they yell and scream and walk out the door, the fact that they have the job skills, great, but the fact that they can't keep a job makes it more difficult. So one of the essential components of our College of Trade program is the essential skills. And that's a 14 week uh, class that teaches clients you know, what, what to expect from your employer. What does your employer expect from you? It teaches some basic kind of communication skills, some problem solving skills. Um, it also has kind of a mentoring piece. So who do you reach out to for support if something happens? Um, all of those things help teach them those soft skills. So we have the, the skill trade itself and you have the soft skills, which really does help us be more successful with them. And just tying this back to the, the new prog program for problem solving beds. So are there some intensive services that are providing, being provided in that short term to help people get those jobs and stay on their feet? So anybody in our problem solving bed can take advantage of the College of Trade program. Um, it is something that they've got to want to do. It's not, hey, come on in and we're just automatically going to place you. There's a high demand. We do have kind of an interview process, but that is one of the resources that is available to our problem solving bed clients. All right. Well, great information. Anything else you want to share about the Department of Corrections and some of the things you guys are doing there? You know, we've had a lot of change over these past couple of years, and uh, we're getting used to the changes as well as our community partners. But I think both the College of Trade um, and the Problem Solving Bed is really um, showcasing what we really want to do with the clients that we have here. That's terrific. And uh, just a final question. I know that um, some of the programs you have you accept volunteers, um, you want to partner with businesses, how do people get involved in some of those great programs that you were talking about? So we do have a volunteers and programs coordinator here in Johnson County, and if you have an interest, uh, we can definitely hook you up with that, and we can talk about all of the volunteer opportunities that are available. Perfect. And we will have a link to that website on our show notes of this episode in case anybody is interested. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today and talking about the uh, great programs, things happening at the Department of Corrections. Thank you. It was my pleasure. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JokoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.